Hi, this is Sanford Green, artist on Power Man and Iron Fist, and you're listening to Mighty Marvel Geeks. USB microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Forgive the interruption, but I believe this requires your attention. Meanwhile, at the above-ground underwater suborbital volcano lair... This is urgent. We need a response. We're already putting together the best man. With all due respect, sir, so am I. I have a plan. It's <laughs> a big plan. It's real! Mighty Marvel Geeks. That's what we call ourselves. So like a team. A team? No, no, no. We're a chemical mixture that makes... Well then, son, you've got a condition. Your show about all things Marvel with Mike, Kylan, and Eric. What a bunch of losers. I am Guru. That I did know. These people may be isolated, unbalanced, but I believe with the right push, they can do exactly what we need. Suit up. I'm bringing the party to you. I have indeed been uploaded, sir. We're online and ready. And welcome to another issue of Mighty Marvel Geeks. It's Eric, Kylan, and myself, Mike. Well, not quite. Oh, wait. Kylan? Yeah. Kylan, he left about 15 minutes ago. Okay. Let me guess. The Hellabus is gone. Yes, the Hellabus is gone. I thought I heard it scraping out of here. You know what? Did he take lessons flying from Denise Richards from Starship Troopers? No, I think he got his lessons flying from Launchpad McQuack. Okay, since Launchpad McQuack's from the cartoon, I know it's not exactly Marvel-related, but Disney owns Marvel, so this is going to tie in briefly. The producers of Duckwing, or Darkwing Ducks Darkwing Duck. said... That that is an alternate universe from DuckTales. Okay. The producer needs to put down the weed, even if it is for medicinal purposes. So. uh, I'm just saying. Donald Duck and Howard the Duck. Alternate universes. Alternate realities. Yeah. Darkwing Duck and Scrooge McDuck. Same planet, dude. Same world. Just saying. Just saying. Well, maybe in your little pocket dimension, there are alternative dimensions, but, you know, for the rest of us. Speaking of just saying, we actually have a Twitter question. Well, lay it on me, dude. Uh, this is from Jared Boback. That's his name on Twitter. Whether it's okay. his real name or not, don't know. Doesn't matter. But we... But we're glad that he sent us a question yeah. anyway. Yeah. Well, we asked, you know, what, what do you want, want us to talk about? Well, this is what he said. How about uh, potential villains for Iron Fist or the Defenders? Or possibility of combining Netflix shows into a team-up like Heroes for Hire? Well, the teaming-up part supposed to happen with Defenders. Right. But now, that granted, that's just for a movie. That's not for necessarily a TV show. But I think... Well, no, I thought, I thought that was going to be a, a 13-episode deal as well. Okay. I mean, if, if it's for a movie, then cool, too. Mm-hmm. But what now, with the team-up of Heroes for Hire, we're talking... Luke Cage, Iron Fist. Mm-hmm. Which I would be shocked if there wasn't some of that. That'd be an easy way of doing Iron Fist Season 2, Luke Cage Season 2. Which Yeah, I think that's I think that's brilliant because the two, I mean, it's kind of like Burt Reynolds and Dom DeLuise, Jerry Lewin and Dean Martin, uh, you know, Laurel and Hardy, that sort of thing. They're a team. Yeah. I, I 
think that's I think it should happen. And like you said, that'd be a great a great premise for season two. Right. It, it's real easy. Give the two their season two as a combined show. Yeah. Um, which, speaking of which, isn't it this weekend, the the 18th, that... Are you talking for... Luke Cage on Netflix? Ooh. Good, good question now. Or is that tonight, midnight, as we're recording this on the 16th? Uh, supposedly... Friday, September the 30th. Okay, two weeks out. Two yeah. weeks out. Oh, so. excuse me. The series, According to Wikipedia, the series will have its premiere in on September 28th in Harlem, which wow. I think that's a nice touch. That's cool. It's very appropriate. Very good. With the full series of 13 episodes releasing on Netflix on September 30th. Okay. That okay. works. But i tell you what's closer. i tell you what's a whole lot closer. What's that? Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 4. Well, before we get there, we need to come up with a couple with some villains for Iron Fist. Oh, yes, you're right, you're right, you're right. Um, well, it's funny because some of the the Power Man and Iron Fist, I still call them Power Man, even though it, you know he doesn't go by that anymore. Right. Um, well, we pretty much know, quote-unquote know, that Black Mariah is going to be one of them. All right. Uh, let's see. We've also seen some others in the Marvel Cinematic Universe already. So that would be that would be a nice tie-in to bring some of them in, like uh, uh, Angar the Screamer. Yeah. He was in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., so that would be a good one to uh, to bring in. Batrock the Leaper. Yeah. He was in uh, Winter Soldier. Yeah. It was almost, almost like a blink-and-you-miss-it kind of thing. How, how about Red Hulk? For the Ooh. Also, too, this is a chance to possibly bring in MODOK. Yes, you could bring in MODOK. That would work for both the Defenders. I almost said Avengers. Defenders and Cajun Fist. Yeah. I tell you, there's there's another couple. Carnage and Venom. Yeah. Yeah. Though you would, though you would, of course, need to introduce the symbiote, and you really need to do that in a Spider-Man movie. Right. Namor. Namor, yes. I tell you something that would be good. Introduce the Serpent Society. I was going to say the Wrecking Crew with the Defenders. The def- the Wrecking Crew that's a little high on the power level for me. Is it? Okay, I- I'm I would want to keep it more street level. Serpent Society is is more street level power level. I think you've got uh, Sidewinder, Cobra, uh, Constrictor, uh, Diamondback, Anaconda. Uh, I know I am. God, I know that I'm missing some, but you get the idea, right? Now there are a bunch of villains. Most of them either low level powers or highly trained types, gadgets, that sort of thing. Right. Now we've we've gone with Kingpin. We've done Purple Man. What about Mm -hmm. Gorilla Man or Red Ghost? Um, I'm not sure about Red Ghost because, well, oh, you know, because he's like an ex-Russian mad scientist, and that's kind of right. But but we did have the Russians in Daredevil. Well, that's true. That's what, true. Partially with the drug stuff. So why he could still be that mad scientist? Yeah, I tell you something else, Doctor Octopus. Doc Ock would be cool. Doc Ock. Now he's usually considered a Spider-Man villain, and rightly so. But, you know, hey. Yeah, but if you've seen the one Spider-Man trailer, Doc Ock is dead. Mm-hmm. So. Um, no, here, here's an idea. Fu Manchu. Yeah. 
Yeah. Fu Manchu. And, I mean, you can bring fist. in on the you can bring him on the Iron Fist part of things. Right. And this would be a great way to bring in Shang Chi. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, th- I think with with the defenders, Wrecking Crew could still be an option, even if I mean I understand it's going to be on the higher end power wise. Mm-hmm. But if they were able to tone it down, sort of like what they did with Jessica and and with Luke, yeah, the Jessica Jones series, Wrecking Wrecking Crew could be pretty formidable. That's possible. That's possible. Um, let's see. Oh, oh! I just thought of this. The Collector. Benicio del Toro's character in yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy, he went up against the Defenders. Yeah. Baron Mordo. Ah, we've, ah we've now that's seen. a way you could tie in Doctor Strange. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think there are a lot of potential bad guys that could that would make good fits. Right. A lot, you know, some of them we have seen already in the cinematic universe. Others, well, they're just cool. You can't tell me that Doc Ock would not be a cool villain. Right. Well, uh, El Supremo. I mean, yeah, he's originally a, a diplomat from Terra Nova. Uh-huh. Who, who's to say he's not the king of the drug lords from Spanish Harlem? That's an idea. Change, change it up slightly. Um, okay, I will say this, because as, as we were looking over this before the show, I just kind of looked on this list. And there's one guy. I just want to see this happen. It can be one of those cheap throwaway villains that you don't take seriously, but I got to see this. Okay. Elf with a gun. Yeah. Elf with a gun. (laughs) And he looks like a garden gnome packing a revolver. True. He's got to be in there somewhere with the defenders as as some some gimmick. Now, this could be... You could bring this guy in for, like, Jessica Jones or Power Man Iron Fist or even Daredevil because in this... We're we're looking at the the, uh, villain's wiki, and it just says, like, he can either be seen as a psychopath for kills for no reason or he can be seen as an embodiment of the chaos of everyday existence. Right. So, basically, you have someone who's very short, dress him up like a garden gnome, give him a gun, and make him kind of like a modern-day Jack the Ripper kind of person. Yeah. So, uh, I think we, I think we threw out some, some good ideas. Yeah, uh, I, I think so. So And, and definitely, so, even though we, we both initially thought, well, heroes, heroes for Hire, well, that's kind of what they're doing with Defenders... We we came up with a solution if Marvel Marvel Television's listening yeah. of how do you give a season two of Luke Cage and Iron Fist? Call it Heroes for Hire. There you go. So perfect idea. And speaking of television, we'll get back into a show that premieres next week. Yes, this coming Tuesday. I'm so excited. That would be Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which, of course, is coming Tuesday the 20th. And in its new time slot, also known as the Kiss of Freaking Death. So once again, I'm just going to say this flat out. If you are a fan of this show, if you want season four not to be season the last, watch the freaking show now. Start the letters now saying we don't want it canceled. And don't send them to the to the network. Don't send them to Disney. Don't send them to Marvel. Send these letters to every person you know. Get them watching the show. Yep. 
because honestly, by and large, they don't care if you start an online petition at change.org. They don't care how many of your friends take 10 seconds to fill it out and act like they're doing something. A a letter, if you were to do it, a snail mail letter to the network would carry more weight than a stupid change.org petition that Disney, ABC, Marvel's not really going to look at. And when I say send them to everybody you know, start your campaign to save the show now and do it by sending it out to people who either never started watching or started watching season one, kind of fell out of it. And and my boss is like one of these people. I started watching it early on and just said, this is really slow. It's not that good. And they just quit. I I tell people, find the episode where Sky gets shot. I look okay. for, I, I say start with the train episode. It's right but I think it's right before Sky gets shot. But that's to me where things start I actually no, you go mid season finale. Yes, yes. Where out of Col- the shadows into the light where Colson where Colson you assume he gets killed on the bridge. Start there. Then take it. Actually, you know what? Just start it at the one where the Winter Soldier is released. Well, that's, there's so much good stuff before that, though. Okay. I, All right. I'll, I'll, I'll take it with you. I'll take it with you. Because I think I think the year Winter Soldier came out, the second half of that season was really good. Because that's where you had um, Lady Sif show up. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I think, like I said, if you go right at the mid-season finale... Where they do the exchange, Coulson, you assume he's blown up on the on the bridge. From there forward, watch episode one, maybe one and two. Mm-hmm. Now watch episode one, then jump to the finale, mid-season finale, and then go from mid-season finale on. Because once you start getting into uprising, oh, it's not Col- it's not Coulson that's supposedly killed on the bridge. It's Deathlock. Deathlock. That's right. It, it Peterson. Peter. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. That one right there, yes. The Bridge, Episode 10, Season 1. So, The Bridge, Forward, and episode, then Episode 1. Mm-hmm. That's what I recommend. So, um, so what are we expecting with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Well, we we start we finished off last season with the flash-forward six months after the fact, where... Coulson is no longer the director. He is actually teamed up with Mac, hunting down a rogue Sky. Excuse me, rogue Daisy, where she has seemingly you know embraced the dark side, both in powers, personality, and appearance. Who is basically knocking over banks, and as as Chloe Bennett puts it, she's Robin Hooding it, which of course means steal from the rich, give to the poor, yada yada yada. Right now, we do know that there is a new director, and unfortunately. Sorry, Kylan's wife. Sorry, Kylan. Sorry, me. It's not Melinda May. It's uh, it's new Omar Carter. No, it's not Carter. They now they say his character uh, actually has roots in Marvel going back to the forties. Right. I can't help think. What if this is one of the the children of the? Well, it couldn't be children of the Howling Commandos. A grandchild of the Howling Commandos, kind of like Trip was. Right. Now that's a possibility. I hadn't thought about that till just now. But we'll find out on the twentieth who this is. And of course, we all know Robbie Riez, the Ghostwriter. Yeah. And okay, I still I don't think I'm ever going to be happy with the fact Ghostwriter is a driver. In other words, he's used the, it's a car and not a motorcycle. 
I have seen the trailer. I'm sure. I'm sure you have too, Mike. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That is a cool as all get out trailer. Yes. And the flame effects help it so much. Yeah. Help it so much, and that. He is a, a a vengeance spirit. Now we've said it before. We've we've kind of gone on into this in uh, in previous shows, but this version of Ghost Rider is different from the Johnny Blaze and Dan Ketch versions. It is not the uh, is not the demon. You know, you don't make a deal with the demon to be you know this this basically supernatural bounty hunter, right? And it's not the demon that craves the vengeance. Or, or craves justice, whatever you want to call it. But really, this is the soul of a serial killer, a ghost of a serial killer that is possessing the guy. Right. That's where the supernatural powers come from. But it is Riaz who is using this power for good. Because if it were up to the ghost, he'd just kill everybody at random. Right. So it's Reyes that's coming in and saying, no, these people are good. We are not going to go supernatural on them. And this is how I think, I'm just going out here, This this is how I see this going down. S.H.I.E.L.D. is not the only one hunting Daisy. Ghost Rider is hunting Daisy as well. Yeah. Maybe maybe somebody got hurt. Maybe she knocked off a bank where Reyes's life savings was, that sort of thing. But I think the spirit of vengeance is coming for her. And we have seen that kind of like in a little behind-the-scenes clip. Right. We saw the Charger riding around on set or on location. With her and Daisy's, And, yeah, Daisy's riding it. So that's what I'm thinking is going down. And it's kind of like Coulson and Macker in the crossfire. Now, does this mean that Reyes joins S.H.I.E.L.D. or is an ally of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Yeah. We don't know. True. Um now, let's see here. We also have, where is this from? This is from comicbook.com. And they have a list of five villains they want to see in this coming up season. Yeah. Uh, let's see. So we have Leviathan. Where does that name sound familiar? Huh? Hmm? From Maybe from Agent Carter? Uh, true. Yeah, see, it was an organization, but the only we only saw two of the agents, Dottie and Dr. Fenhoff. Right. So that could be like the successor to Hydra, Yeah. which I'm still kind of Hydra'd out at the moment, but, you know, I can see Leviathan. That would be a nice pickup where Agent Carter left off. Well, if you're, if you're tired of Hydra, what about the Mandarin? I kind of like the Mandarin a little, again, a little too high up on the power skill for my for my taste for this. But they are saying they're going to go edgier. Well, that's true. That's true. And this would be a good, again, a good tie-in to yeah. the, the the movie universe. Not because he's been in there. There's been the guy who was pretending to be the Mandarin. Right, which was played by Ben Kingsley, which yeah. means you do not have to get Ben Kingsley for the role. That's true. So, But him being a, a bona fide Iron Man villain, I, you know, I can see that. I can see that. Uh, let's see. Number three on their list, MODOK. And we mentioned this yes. with the Defenders as well, which yes. then you could bring them both ways. Have them yeah. on ABC, have them in Netflix. And here's here's one thing. You can make MODOK patterned or based on uh, Killian from Iron Man 3. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, if nothing else, do like what they did with Arnim Zola and basically take his personality, his memories, his his brain, his soul, his essence, and put it in a machine. Yeah. So I think that could work. Um, another one, Maximus. Um, I'm not sure about that. Uh, yes, it would be good because he is an inhuman and he's brother to Black Bolt. Uh, he reminds me too much of the Loki Thor dynamic. Okay, it's like you have you have Thor and his little brother Loki. Little brother is the pain in the butt for the family. Well, now you have Black Bolt and Maximus, the pain in the butt for the family. I would rather almost see that dynamic for the Inhumans movie. Yes, I would too. Considering it will almost be needed again, since Thor would be played out. Yeah, Thor would be. Um, but but here, I, I like the last choice here. Their last choice, I think their last choice, aside from Modok, I think would be like one of the best choices, period. Because they're talking about Blackheart, and Blackheart is a demon. And he's about as he's kind of like an arch enemy of Ghost Rider. He's kind of like Lash gone steroids, right? I mean, he has kind of the same look as Lash, only he's not as cuddly, right? So yeah, I mean, you could you could see that, and that also, if Reyes is not going to be a appear every episode character. Bringing Blackheart in at some point over the course of the season is a great reason to bring him back. Right. So it's kind of like, well, Blackheart is this this demon, and, and you know our science can't you know can't outscience it. Well, we have a supernatural agent. Let's bring him in. Right. Now, let's see. Comic book resources. Has a has its own list, shall we say, of twelve more unexpected Marvel characters we want to see on Agents of Shield. I'm just going to run through this kind of quick, um, mainly just because some of them make sense, some of them really don't. Uh, well, at least to me, there's Moon Dragon, who in the comics is the daughter of Drax the Destroyer. Yeah, you can't work that. I don't think. No, especially since he's he said that his family's been killed. Yeah. Uh, Novar, who is a Cree, uh, he's not a blue skin Cree, but he's a Cree. There, yeah, that's kind of yeah that uh, Machine Man. This I think is an interest. It has some interesting ramifications, especially when you saw uh, John Hanna's character fiddling with the uh, the life model decoys. Now you right. twist his origin around. I actually had Machine Man's origin issue comic book way back when I was a kid. He was like military hardware. It was like a military android, but he was like 51st in the lot in the model line and so the the roboticist who created the the series basically said, "All right, I'm going to keep this one and I'm going to raise it as a person." I guess part of it was an experiment, part of it was, "Hey, I want a robot pet or I want a run a robot son, kind of like an unaltered clone in Attack of the Clones." Hence we get um, Corey Feldman. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Here's one that does kind of it interests me: Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, because they're kind of in the comics yeah. right now. They've got their own series going. Uh, Luna Lafayette, she's a nine-year-old genius. She's an, she's got like the inhuman gene, so there's an easy in. Uh, Devil Dinosaur is kind of like a mutated dinosaur, mutated in the fact that it has human-level intelligence. Uh, basically, think of it as an educated T-Rex. And let's just say 
I want this to happen because dinosaurs. Because dinosaurs are cool. They got big head and arms. <laughs> if you're happy and you know it, clap your... Oh, sorry. Uh, there's another guy, Brother Voodoo. Brother Voodoo would be awesome. Brother Brother Voodoo would be good. He'd be a, he'd be a good addition. When you can't get Doctor Strange, get, doc, get Brother Voodoo. Yeah. And this is... If you're bringing in Ghost Rider, bringing in supernatural stuff, then, yeah, why not? I can see that. Darkhawk. I actually liked this character when his series came out. And it was... It, it was kind of weird in that it was the the person didn't have any powers of their own. Basically, they found an amulet that allowed the wearer to basically project his consciousness into an android body. But it just looked cool. Uh, Man-Thing. I don't know about Man-Thing. Yes, he teamed up with Howard the Duck for a while. Um, There's comics potential there. Only if they tie it in to the fact that he could potentially be the Jersey Devil. That's an idea, too. Yeah. Now, in the comics, Howling Commandos of S.H.I.E.L.D., which you had uh, Warwolf and you had... you had Man Thing as part of it. Yeah. The the life model decoy of Dum Dum Dugan was leading him. I thought that was good. Uh, Nico Minoru. She is also known as Sister Grimm. She's currently an A Force. Um, that's another Doctor Strange type tie-in you could put in. Uh, Moonstone. I'll be honest. I think that's I really strange. couldn't. I, I couldn't care less about Moonstone. Uh, Crystal. Now this one I could definitely get behind. She's an Inhuman. Now, there are questions about whether or not you could use her because she's had strong ex-ties, and she's like Quicksilver's ex-wife in the comics. Clearly not in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Well... Or if she is, she'd be a widow. Quicksilver appeared in both Fox and... That's true. ...the MCU, so... But their number one choice, I can kind of get behind this. Yeah. Alpha Flight. Yeah. This would be cool. And this could be like a way to bring, if you can't get the real Avengers, you get the Canadian Avengers. Yeah, yeah. Well, how about this uh, from Brian Singer talking about Wolverine 3, Minister Sinister. Honestly, I that seems just too logical. I can't see how you not bring that in there because Sinister and Apocalypse have ties. Yeah. Pretty strong ones. And he he is his speciality is experimentations on mutants. Yep. Now uh, there hasn't been too much revealed about the movie outside of Patrick Stewart possibly playing Professor X for the last time and rumors of X twenty three being introduced. Um, but if you stayed for the post credit scene in X Men Apocalypse, um, it was to tease the new threat to the X Men team. Uh, but it really wasn't. It was more of a short sequence to tease Wolverine 3, which they've kind of done before with others. Because um, mm-hmm. they kind of used uh, Wolver- um, the Wolverine to tease Days of Future Past. Mm-hmm. Um, so with having been established that... Yeah, this is a short sequence. Well, as I'm stammering, stammering. Uh, with so little that has been established about the film, it's exciting to find out that Singer is confirming Minister Sinister for the next Wolverine movie. And really, all you've got to do, and this is, I guess, is what they exactly what they did. All you needed was the words Essex Corp yep. on a briefcase. Yep. 
And if you know the name Essex, well, then that's pretty much everything. You just revealed the entire plot arc. Yeah. Essex is going to create X-23. Mm-hmm. So, so we have just, just like he created Madeline Pryor, yeah, the Jean Grey clone. Now, I, I finally got around to watching X Men Apocalypse, mm-hmm. and I will say it was kind of fitting when Jean destroys Apocalypse. I'm not spoiling. I don't think I'm spoiling anything here because the movie came out earlier this year. I look at it this way: if it's out on DVD, video, you don't get to holler spoiler. Um, but when when you see the aura around her, that kind of almost looks like a phoenix. I'm like, okay, that wasn't a, that was not coincidental. No, it wasn't. But it was very cool to see because they they're teasing the whole dark phoenix with her mm-hmm. off and on throughout the film anyway. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I was glad that they were kind of even though it does take place a little later in her story. It was, well, it was kind of a nice touch. Yeah, I tell you what else would be a nice touch: a Stan Lee movie. Okay. Okay. But you know what? We're apparently getting it. Yeah. According to uh, according to the story in the Hollywood Reporter, okay? Stan Lee is getting a movie, but it's not going to be like a documentary. It won't be him sitting and giving it like a 2-hour long interview. No. No, and I don't know who thought of this, but they are freaking geniuses like us. <laughs> it's going to be an action adventure movie, a period action of a seventies action adventure movie. Now, apparently, Twentieth Century Fox has uh, acquired Lee's life rights, as they put it. Uh, yeah, apparently, this is being put together by the producers behind Twilight, The Maze Runner, and the Power Rangers recent reboot. Um, I could have gone all evening without hearing that these are the people that brought you Twilight. Yeah, sorry. Because that means that Stan Lee is going to stand out in the sunlight and he's going to glitter, glow, sparkle like a disco ball. You mean he doesn't? Okay, you know what, though? That would explain so much. Would it <laughs> yeah, not? It would. <laughs> it really would. Okay, so you don't know. Uh, what's what this movie is completely going to be about? It's like, yo, is he going? Is this going to be like a secret identity? Is like, say, when you know a, a giant dragon invades New York, he's sitting there behind his writer's desk and you know throws down his glasses and rips off his shirt and just see like a giant S there on his. Oh wait, sorry, wrong franchise. Uh, so, so it's a Chuck Barris movie. You know, it could be, uh, it, or My it could just be undercover assassin. It could just be like uh, a Roger Moore 007 kind of movie. So it's kind of like almost parody of the Bond movies of the seventies. Yeah, like you know, live and let die. Uh, you only live. Tw- well, no, that was sixties. Um, so y- you know what I mean? Yeah. So almost like a James Bond meets Last Action Hero. It's got to be. Yeah. I mean, how how else could you pull this off? You could not do this as a serious endeavor. It's got to be tongue-in-cheek. It's got to break fourth wall. It's got to be... It, it, it's got to be a self-effacing parody. Yeah. It's got to. It, it's, it is. It's so to. it's... I do believe this is... It, it's just... My mind is reeling at the possibility for this. Now... Here's the question, and the article I'm reading from the Nerdist puts in here, 
Uh, how much of his real life will be worked into it remains a mystery. Uh, here's a very big question, though. Will Disney even allow the use of the Marvel characters even in passing reference in a non-Marvel Studios film? Now, remember, this is Fox, which is X-Men and Deadpool and Fantastic Four. Nerdist puts in parentheses a suggestion to Marvel Studios. Let Fox make mention of all those characters in exchange for the Fantastic Four movie rights. You're welcome. Uh, I, you know what? If I were the head, if I were Bob Iger or the head of Marvel, I would I would have already reached out to Fox. I said, look, give us Fantastic Four back. You can have your X Men TV show that you're wanting to do. Right. You can you can use references to these characters to all these other characters in the Stan Lee movie. This is a win-win situation. Yeah. Because y'all cannot do Fantastic Four right. Right. You've proven that. And I don't think Marvel would do a Fantastic Four movie. They just want Doom and some of the other villains. Well, you know what? I would bring in Fantastic... I would not do a Fantastic Four movie. I would bring in some of the characters, like Reed Richards, Illuminati... Uh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, Reed Richards as a almost like a cameo character is kind of like we need something sciencey done, yeah, and not just tech science, science, science. Well, if you're gonna do that, bring in Sue Richards since she's working with Shield currently in the comics. You know, that's that's not a bad idea either because I I really do not want to go the Illuminati route. <laughs> Do you have burritos for lunch? Uh, pizza rolls. Okay, close enough. They're so. Italian burritos, okay? <laughs> Works That's all me. pizza rolls are, Italian burritos. Works for me. Um, well, how about this? We, we, we talked about uh, David Walker complaining about Nighthawk going away. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it almost seems like there's a, almost a dozen titles that are getting the axe from Marvel Comics, which... It's all because of sluggish sales. Mm-hmm. Um, Marvel sent out an email subscription, or sent out an email to its subscription holders, notifying them of the changes, with mentioning of some series are ending. Here are the eleven titles that are being canceled, and the new titles for the subscription holders. So I'm going to read the okay. canceled titles first, then what the replacement is going to be. All new, all different Avengers going to be replaced by the Avengers. Okay. Uh, Makes sense. Drawing my attention. Because um, I kind of almost want to see the all-new, all-different Avengers become maybe Avengers Academy, maybe, or or a young Avengers well. further down the road. Uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I hate that. I hate that. Yeah. yeah. And I thought that one was doing well. Uh, it's going to become U.S. Avengers. Okay. Carnage. Becoming Venom. Okay. Being replaced with Venom. Okay, gotcha. Being replaced by Venom. Contest of Champions is being replaced by Champions. Okay. Guardians of Affinity is being replaced by Guardians of the Galaxy because Abnet signed an exclusive with DC. Mm. You see, I am I'm sad to see that happen too because Guardians of Affinity was like the original Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Uh, Hyperion. Like, that one was going to last long. Uh, Squadron Supreme. That makes sense. You go from the solo to the group. Uh, Nighthawk go is going to be replaced by Occupy Avengers. 
both David Walker endeavors and both of them kind of having similar themes to them. Yeah. Rocket Raccoon and Groot being replaced by Guardians of the Galaxy. I am so bummed about this. This of all these, that's the one I'm bummed out the most. This is the Rocket Raccoon and Groot was sort of like the Darth Vader to Star Wars. Yeah. But so. but there was it was one of these that it was like Deadpool in that it didn't quite take itself seriously. Right. And that's one of the things I liked about it and plus it had a lot of, you know, it, it had a lot of great variant covers. Right. Um, Star Brand and Night Mask is being replaced by Champions. I, I'm I'm sad to see that one go because these were new universe characters. Venom Space Knight is being replaced by Venom. Mm, okay. And Vision is being replaced by Champions. Okay. So Champions is replacing three different titles. Mm-hmm. Guardians 2 and then all the mm-hmm. others. And Venom 2. Mm-hmm. So... But, um, how about this? 12 Marvel heroes who never had a series that should, since we're talking about ones who are being canceled. Yeah, and now this is, normally we kind of shun the opinion pieces, but we do bring them in on occasion if we think that they're good lists, right. or if they're relevant to what we're looking, what we're talking about. Um, we, we can skip the special mention, because that, uh, t- uh no. Well, we've mentioned the special mentions, so let's go ahead and mention Cyclops. Yeah, no. Uh, I, you know, I I just don't because yes, he's kind of been a total jerk at times. He, he's become the Kylo Ren of the Marvel universe. Yeah, kind of. But uh, yeah, I mean, he's for the longest time, especially when I was collecting X titles, he was the Boy Scout. He was the the noble field general of the X universe. Right. Okay. He was he was a paladin. We'll just call it that. And it's just it's just kind of like, hey, Marvel, what are you thinking? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but uh, number 12, they say, is Taskmaster. Uh, and if you remember, yeah, how many people did we hear cry for Agent Ward to be Taskmaster? Yeah. A lot of them. And I'm kind of like, yeah, I could totally see that. See, this this would be a good guy. But the problem is, how would you, how would you put him in a show? How would you give him his solo series? Because his main train to fame is training mercenaries. Yeah. Training people's like, hey, I know Cap- all of Captain America's moves. I can teach you to counter them. Right. Uh, That's kind of problematic, but it's not. It, it's not insurmountable. It could be interesting. Now, uh, number eleven, they got Husk and Paige Guthrie. Well, I guess she is Paige Guthrie. She is. Yeah, Husk is Paige uh, Guthrie. And this one could be. Um, this one could be interesting, and it could be problematic in the fact that she shows a lot of skin. And by when I say she shows a lot of skin, she rips off her skin to unleash a new power that's underneath it. Yeah. I'm not sure how I feel about that. I mean, just just because it could be gross. Yeah. Uh, now, number 10, I think, is a fantastic idea, especially if you pair it with another one coming, you know, going down the, a little further down the list. Firestar. Angelica Jones. I was so hoping that you would do that. Uh, now, Dude, this is how we first. 
<laughs> this is how we first found out about Angelica. She was uh, de- she debuted in 1981's Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends TV show, along with Iceman and Spider-Man, of course. And I actually liked that show. That was um, a great show. I think it holds up pretty well. Yeah. Now she did a long ter- a long time stint with the New Warriors. And which she got into a relationship with uh, Vance Astro, also known as Justice and Marvel Boy. And I'll talk about him. He's, he's a little further down the list. Uh, she never really craved the superhero lifestyle. And there are also health issues that her power, you know, exacerbates. Right. But she still does it when need be. So that's cool about her. Uh, I, number I can, nine. I can see her getting her, her own series. Yeah. Yeah. Number nine, Rick Jones. I, I will say this much. As somebody who just started out as kind of like a disposable sidekick, right. Rick has kind of had a, a an interesting history. And I loved how Peter David worked him into story and the stories that surrounded him during the Professor Hulk run back right. in the early 90s. Right. And I've talked about it on the show before, like where he's getting involved with Marlowe who was uh, the Grey Hulk's mistress, you want to call it that. And so Rick has his own character. He is, he's kind of the, he's kind of like the everyman. If if you if you know what I mean, he's kind of like the you know some people are born to greatness, others have greatness thrust upon him. He is definitely the latter. But I think a story from his perspective would be good. Yeah, eh. because I mean he is he's been street level, he's been cosmic level. So, all right. So number eight, gravity. Um, uh. Not sure how I feel about this guy because he's kind of like. Jar Jar Binks in spandex. Oh, he's yes, clumsy. Like spandex. He, he screws things up a lot. But their their reasoning, comic resources' reasoning, is that it would be interesting because he keeps trying. You know that that happened before. They called it speedball. Yeah. Uh, Balder the Brave at number seven. I think that's a good idea. You don't hear much about him. Uh, you hear about Thor, Sif, Odin, Loki, Warriors Three, but. Not Balder. It would be interesting to get his take on stuff. Right. Uh, number six, Tigra from the West Coast Avengers. Yes. Uh, I would love to see Tigra. Um, she's kind of she's kind of more of a background character, background fluff kind of thing. Yeah. And Well, the, the other problem is going to be, too, is a lot of people aren't going to get past the costume. What costume? The bikini. Okay. The bikini with, with toothy claws on it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It, it's possible, especially the types with parts uh, where she's gone kind of feral. So the inner discussion between, you know, the inner conflict between keeping my human side versus my my kitty side. No, they're they're not, they're not saying with this an ongoing series either. So a a three part or five part tiger series wouldn't be that bad. Why not? Why not? You could do worse. Matter of fact, they have done worse. Um, I tell you who I. I Number five is a good choice. The Black Cat, Felicia Hardy. I mean, she's been spider lover. She's been anti-hero. She's been villain. If they uh, if they could do it with Catwoman over at the Distinguished Competition, they could easily do it with her. Yeah, they could do it. Another cat innuendo kind of thing. Kitty Pride, Shadow Cat. Yeah. Um, I've seen some solo stories with her, and I like I like her character. 
I think she's got, for one thing, she's got maturity beyond her years. Yeah. And I would go, I would want to see this because, well, for one thing, I want Lockheed. I want the little purple dragon. If you can't get Lockheed, call Figment's agent. Yep, yep. No, I take this is what I want to see: a crossover where Lockheed meets Figment. Oh, that would be awesome. That it just, just even just a one-panel thing. Yeah. Uh, their number three character, Justice slash Fast Astrovic. Now, this is a guy who was also a long time in the New Warriors. That's where he met Firestar. They began a relationship. Um, now, Vance is also the young version of Vance Astro in Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. So as a matter of fact, there it was a it, it was a trip back in time where the old Vance Astro tried to stop the young Vance Astro from becoming an astronaut and therefore changing his future. Well, he com- he created a divergent timeline. Right. Because hey, you just don't screw that stuff up. And this would be it would be good especially if you brought in Firestar as kind of like a a a, a romantic couple. Yeah. Even even if it's just a mini series. Now he has done prison time because he um, he accidentally killed his father, which we could say that his father had it coming because he's abusive. But yeah, you know, but uh, he did do prison time for it. But I think he's a very good character, a very good leadership character. I, I, I kind of like that. Uh, but They're, you kind of you kind of missed who it is, though. You didn't say who the number two was. Well, I haven't got there yet. Oh, just just chill. Chill, chill, like Bobby Drake, Iceman. I will say this: if, if you have like a, a Firestar and Justice, uh, you know, series, you really need to bring in Iceman just for like one issue. Yeah, just so and have Justice put on a Spider-Man costume. It could be Halloween. I don't care. And their number one would be Songbird. Now. I get that she's been in Thunderbolts. I get that she's kind of like become a... She's come a long way from her origins as Screaming Mimi. Right. I, which I believe, was she not is one of these one of these convicts that they put in? No, it wasn't. That was just Angar in uh, the, the, uh, the uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. episode. Yeah. I just... I just can't get behind this because to me, unless I've just missed out on some stuff, and to be fair, I've not read much of the Thunderbolts. If this is a bad guy makes good, or in this case, bad girl makes good, yeah, why not? Do it as a limited series. Right. So, overall, I kind of like most of these choices. Yeah, most of them are pretty decent. Uh, Yeah. There's definitely some I'd be going, "Uh, Yeah, yeah, hey, CBR, what are you thinking? Yeah, you're not. Well, that brings us to... And that was the comic book shop from the Shazbots. Big shout out to them. Um, it's Picks of the Week, and... Excuse me. Yes, what? Jar- yeah? Ah, I see what Jarvis... Interrupting for. Do we have the message light blinking? Yeah. I can't remember if that's a message light or we're all about to die button. Uh, we could play it and see what happens. Well, it's been nice knowing you if it's the wrong one. Okay, here we go. Fingers crossed. Three, two, one. Hey guys, yeah, um, I decided to take the hell of us out for a spin and, well, show off in front of Natasha. And long story short, uh, 
Well, you know, it's kind of hard to look cool when you break down and, um... Anyway, uh, I have comic picks. How about that? Let's, 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 on to bigger and better things, right? So, let's go with my number one pick of the week. It is Power Man and Iron Fist number eight. Uh, the writer is David F. Walker, the penciler is Flaviano Armataro and Sanford Green. And the cover artist is Sanford Green. And this is a Civil War II tie-in. Danny's in a cage, so Luke is getting him out. Will his crack team of former criminals and their associates be a help or a hindrance? And how will Captain Marvel react to Ulysses' prediction that Luke will lead a prison break? That kid might be on to something. And, well, now, since we have a Civil War II tie-in, my number two pick is Civil War II number five. Uh, the writer is Brian Michael Bendis. The penciler is David Marquez. And the cover artist is Marco Jurdovich. Hopefully I got that right. And if I didn't, come on the show and correct me, please. The devastating fallout from the first half of this event is enormous and being felt in every corner of the Marvel Universe. The truth about Ulysses' future seeing power is revealed and is a game changer. Sides are irrevocably drawn and the gauntlet is thrown for the biggest battle in Marvel history. And that's just the stuff we can tell you. All this and the story goes galactic. And if you thought that you got all the Civil War II you can handle, no. How about Civil War II number six? That's right, number five and number six all in the same week. And all we got on this one is the cover artist is Marco Jurdovich. Sides have been drawn, battles have been fought, and it all comes down to this. Captain Marvel versus Iron Man over the future of the Marvel Universe. One of the biggest battles in Marvel history. That's a lot to think about, guys. Yeah, so those are my picks. Now, I got to get back to working on the bus here. Uh, you know, if anybody comes across any duct tape, chewing gum, and a paper clip, that will go a really long way towards me getting this thing back up and flying again. Later, guys. So what does Kylan think he is? MacGyver? <sighs> I think he thinks he's that guy in the Old Spice commercials. <laughs> Look at me. Look at your man. Now look at me. I'm in a helibus. The helibus is not made for showing off. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. Just, just, we'll, we'll send you a pack of duct tape by Pony Express. Well, how about this? I'm going to go first since I've got the Marvel Unlimited pick this week. Why don't well. you go first? Because you've got the Marvel Unlimited pick this week. Um, my first book is written by Kate Leith and artist is Brittany Williams. It's Patsy Walker, a.k.a. Hellcat, number 10. Boy problems? Who's got them? Patsy Walker, that's who. Let's get lost in the final issue of our second arc. What? As Patsy makes the most of the fight against her mostly evil exes. Hellcat didn't just come here to dance. She came to save her friends and save the day. Okie dokie. My first pick of the week is Deadpool vs. Gambit number 5. Written by Ben Acker and Ben Blacker. Penciled by Danilo Bayruth. The sun, the con, excuse me, I had my cursor over the, the thing. It kind of made the C look like an S. The con comes to a close. Will Deadpool and Gambit get away with the money? And why on earth is Wade now dead fist? Now, this makes sense when you are reading this on the screen. 
and you can see the cover where you have Deadpool's costume look like Iron Fists. <laughs> That's funny. Complete with the high collar and the 1970s, I'm showing off my three strands of chest hair plunge to the belly button. Yeah, mine are still there. Yeah. Um, my second pick is Captain America Serpents Unite. Number one, uh, Slithering Supervillains is a syndicate of snake-themed sinners. The sinister sidewinder amasses an army of Ophidian offenders, including Cottonmouth, Diamondback, and Princess Python, for his mercenary serpent society. In See, this is what I'm talking about. In America, them in. in America's first brush, in Captain America's first brush with the team, he'll land in the arms of Anaconda. But whose side will he take when the society targets Modoc for death? Look back at the society's original incarnation as Cap and Falcon contend with the Serpent Squad. Uh, this is collecting Captain America 163, 310, 313, and 315. Okay. So, I kind of, with everything that's been going on with Cap, kind of going back in time, uh, I think this was a cool, cool idea. This is partially why I picked this book. Okay. Well, my second pick of the week is Mighty Thor number 11, written by Jason Aaron, penciled by Russell Dodderman, and he was also the cover artist. The team-up you never expected, Thor's crusade against the corporate overlords of Midgard reaches its climax, and the lives of all New Yorkers hang in the balance. The Goddess of Thunder and S.H.I.E.L.D. agent Roz Solomon make their final stand against the Eliminatrix and the Silver Samurai. And Roz and Thor get help from the most unexpected source, Jane Foster. Now, how are they going to pull that off? I don't know. Uh, my final pick of the week is Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. number 9. Uh, writer is Mark Guggenheim. Uh, penciler is German Peralta. It's a Civil War II tie-in. It's Coulson versus his teammates in this epic showdown. Bill Coulson's third faction is hitting the battlefield with Civil War II. But how will they fare against Coulson's former teammates and their new leader, Elektra? Now that's interesting. That could have been interesting for this TV show as well. Yes, it could. Yes, um, it could. Sides are, sides are being chosen, and these agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.s will never be the same. So figure, this is September. I, there's only one more book left. Yeah. Well, they're ending on 10, I guess. Yeah. Again, I hate that this series is coming to a close because there's been some good. Yeah. Yeah, there have been some good stories in it. All right. My final pick of the week is Guardians of the Galaxy number 12, written by Michael Brian Michael Bendis instead of Michael Brian Bendis because, well, that would just be awkward. Uh, penciled by Valerio Shidi and cover artist Art Adams. And I got to say, this is a pretty sweet cover. Uh, the Guardians' allegiances are split right down the middle, and tensions have never been higher. Will they be too busy fighting? to guard the galaxy will that even matter if they can't leave earth okay well that's gonna conclude our picks of the week um if you guys ever see a title coming out the following you know the upcoming new comic book day and you want to share it with us that this is what you're looking forward to let us know on twitter or hit us up on email at mmg at weebygeeks.net and uh we'll we'll read your pick on the air now, Marvel Unlimited. Um, I kind of... This book came out last year. About this time. Actually, it came out this time last year. Um, so, on the one-year anniversary, I have chosen Captain America White. Of course, we had Daredevil Yellow, Hulk Gray, 
Spider-Man Blue. This was the next. Um, originally, issue zero, uh, which was the teaser to the series, came out in 2008. Mm. And that book didn't get written and done until 2015. Uh, its writer is Jeff Loeb. Uh, artist is Tim Sale. Uh, from his reawakening in the present day to his days on the battlefield during World War II, follow Captain America as he recalls a special mention during the big one. It's 1941, and the Howling Commandos are just looking to kick back and relax. But Cap and Bucky are about to make their night a whole lot worse. Uh, this is from the Eisner Award-winning team of Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale. And they're reuniting to tell the shocking story of Captain America and Bucky. Uh, it's an exercise issue featuring the original Captain America number zero. Uh, Captain America White number zero. Mm-hmm. So, that's my pick. I, I love this series. I, I love what... Um, I had the trade paperback on this. And, and and I love what Loeb and Sale did with Daredevil, with Hulk, with Spider-Man. Um, with, with those colorings. I'd be curious to see where they go next. Yeah. I mean, do they go Iron Man Red? Do they go Hawkeye Purple? Well, Hawkeye does kind of have purple in his stuff. Um, do they go Hydra Green? Hell Hydra. Well, it's not easy being green. Um, I mean, so many different options. So that's the Marvel Unlimited pick. It's Captain America White number one. Um, but the whole series is just, it's a great read to begin with anyway. So uh, check it out. Any final thoughts? Nope, I'm thoughted out for the week. Well, uh, pretty pretty busy week. Uh, some good good stuff in here. So I uh, hope everyone enjoyed the show. That's going to wrap it up for us. Uh, Jarvis, if you would, please. All wrapped up here, sir. Will there be anything else? Nope, just time to go dark. Admit it. You want to see the Lockheed Figment team up. Shadow Cat and Dreamfinder. Now there's a pair for you. Yeah. I wouldn't mind seeing. I still wouldn't mind seeing Tiger. Oh yeah. I mean they they can modify the costume. Yeah. I mean they can easily modify the costume. Put a little more on her. If they're worried about that. I don't know if they're worried about that. I really don't. I don't think so either. But uh, I think the question is making her interesting as a character. Yeah. But I still say season two, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, Heroes for Hire. Uh, that's probably the most brilliant thing you have said tonight. <laughs>